Well, good morning. Welcome to Renaissance. My name is Chris, and it's good to have all of you here today. And it's week two of The Road. And uh, if for some reason you missed last week or you're a guest with us today and this is your first time here, I just want to encourage you to go to renaissancechurch.org and click on Messages. And you not only can listen to last week's message, you can watch last week's message. And uh, it's just important because all five weeks of The Road series, uh, they all kind of come together because we're talking about the foundations of a Christian life. There's just these five things that we just believe that as you go on your spiritual journey, as you're seeking through, wherever you find yourself out spiritually, these five components are just important as you go on your spiritual journey. Last week, we talked about the Bible, and we framed it this way, that the Bible is your GPS. It's your roadmap. It's, it's how you're going to know God and know what God wants from you and for you. This last week has been fascinating as emails have come in and we've had many different conversations with many different people. I got, I got one uh, email this week from a guy and he took a screenshot uh, of his calendar. He says, hey, I just want to let you know what I'm doing. He, and he put a re- recurring appointment across his whole last week. And in that recurring a- appointment, he put the memory verse, 2 Timothy 3. He goes, hey, it's just simple because every day I'm in my calendar and now it's reminding me to look at this verse. And I thought, wow, what a simple idea because all of our lives we are moving at mock speeds. I, there's moments where literally I, I forget where I've dropped my kids off. I'm like, oh, where am I supposed to pick them up? I'm like, where did I drop them off? Oh, that's right. Put it in your calendar. You'll see it every day, multiple times a day. Last week, I was leaving here after the 1145 service, and uh, we had a flat tire in one of our cars. My wife was picking, uh, picking me up, and so I'm running out of the building, and, and I get to the car, and she rolls down her window with this look on her face. She goes, hey, aren't you forgetting something? I'm like, no. She goes, your oldest child? I'm like, oh, I forgot her at church. So I come running back upstairs. I'm like, I forgot, Kiara. And uh, I ran into a lady, and she had this great question. She goes, Chris, she goes, I've, I've tried to read my Bible for many years. She goes, but where do I start? And I was able to say, well, have you signed up for the road emails? She goes, yes. I'm like, that's great. Five weeks, just get in the road emails. And if you haven't done that yet, I just encourage you, sign up for that. And uh, I said, the next step out of that, I would say, just read uh, the Gospel of John. Uh, all four Gospels are amazing. Uh, they just come from a different kind of view, a different aspect. Matthew is written uh, to a Jewish culture, which is fascinating to get into Matthew through those set of lenses. Mark is your cliff note version. Luke, it was a doctor, so it's this very detailed, systematic kind of uh, uh, look of Jesus' life. But the Gospel of John is this very relational approach to telling the story of Jesus. I said, jump into the Gospel of John. I was talking to another guy who downloaded the YouVersion app. And he goes, hey, Chris, I discovered there's reading plans in version that you can subscribe to. And you just have to open up and see where you are on that day, and they'll tell you what to read. And he goes, my goal is to read through the Bible in six months. I'm like, you go. That's awesome. So wherever you find yourself, I just want you in the Bible reading it. If you have questions, ask. So much so that we now have what's called version Live. And uh, if you go on your smart device right now to renaissancechurch.org, you'll see a link to you version towards the top. It's just, it says you version live. Click on that, and you can follow through 
the message. Hopefully, I'll do it in that order. If I don't, I'm sorry. But uh, you can follow through and know all the scriptures. So later on today, if you're like, oh, what was that one verse? You can find it there. One of the things I shared last week was uh, uh, that I learned personally from other people. It's a powerful way to just, you know, to know God, to understand who God is, to, to get through the Bible. This is from other people. And last Saturday night, a week ago, uh, I was sitting right down here at one of our projects. And uh, part of the project week one was we read through Genesis 1. It's a, it's a chapter of the Bible I've read and studied many, many times. But then Clay, our, our pastor of spiritual formation, he asked a very simple question. He said, okay, we just got done with Genesis 1. What did you see in Genesis 1? What did you learn in Genesis 1? And I took out my notebook, and 10 minutes later, I couldn't write fast enough. I had four, five, six pages worth of new ideas, new concepts, new insights that I've never seen before. It was so fascinating because I just taught, hey, learn from other people. I learn all the time from other people, and I found myself that night sitting there going, there's insights that I've never seen in Genesis 1. It's the power of doing this together. So wherever you find yourself out spiritually, man, get in the Bible. When you hit those roadblocks, ask people. Send an email. Walk up to me. Walk up to someone else. Get their insight. Go back. Go back to the Bible. Well, today we're going to talk about the next foundation of a Christian life, and that's prayer. And for all of us in this room, that one word, prayer, is probably filled with a lot of different thoughts and emotions and confusion and ideas. Maybe you haven't prayed in a long time. Because the last time you prayed and you asked God, He didn't give you what you asked for. Or maybe it was silent, there was no answer. And you found yourself going, Ah, God, I... I'm talking to you. Will you respond? Will you do something? So I know that you're there. For some of you, you know, you might be concerned. Well, what do I say to God? What if I say the wrong thing to God? Will God like zap me with lightning? Will like I offend God? For some of you, prayer has been this kind of formulaic, ritualistic experience. And you're like, well, I don't feel connected with God. For some of you, you might be saying, well, Chris, why pray? If God knows my heart, why pray to him? He already knows what I'm thinking. He already knows what's going on inside of me. He's God. I I don't need to talk to him. So today, it's going to feel like a fire hose. I'm just going to tell you. Towards the end of this message, I'm just going to literally count to three, go one, two, three, and I'm going to like, everyone take a deep breath, because <gasps> it's going to feel like that. But what I wanted to do today is give this, this image of what prayer really is about through the one person who knows the most about prayer, and that's Jesus. So I just want to get into how Jesus prayed and how he taught on prayer, and how he modeled prayer. What did Jesus do? Because I think about all the people who should know something about prayer, Jesus would be at the top of the list. So much so that probably the most famous prayer in the Bible is the Lord's Prayer. And this is how Jesus starts the Lord's Prayer. He goes, this then is how you should pray. And for some people, they've taken that statement 
And they've said, okay, the Lord's Prayer is the prayer. This is the formula. This is, I have to say this prayer to pray. And maybe you feel that, like, ah, oh, i got to say the Lord's Prayer. That's the only prayer I can pray because Jesus said, this is how you should pray. But that wasn't Jesus' goal at all. Jesus' goal with the Lord's Prayer was just to teach people, to kind of redraw a framework around what prayer should be about because he was talking to two very specific cultures, a very pagan culture that would have all their temples, and they would go in to their temples, and they would ramble on and babble on and pray to try to convince one of their gods to actually pay attention to them. But he was also talking to a Jewish culture that for the previous several thousand of years have kind of made this formulaic, ritualistic approach to prayer. And Jesus was trying to pull it back in and say, no, here's just a framework. Because prayer is not complicated. It's not complicated at all. It's all about having this conversation with God. Just like you would have with a good friend of yours, a spouse. It's just talking with God. And this week in in our uh, daily emails, uh, we're going to be walking through the Lord's Prayer. Because it's an important prayer to look at. But today, we're going to look at all these moments where Jesus modeled, talked, about prayer. And let's start with the very first area. Probably the number one area all of us kind of leverage prayer for, and that's to ask God something, right? That's usually kind of our mode uh, of, of praying. It's like, oh God, I need, oh God, I need you to work now. Yes, I'm on a timeline, and please help me out. God, I need you to provide. God, I need you to seal this deal. God, I need you, I need you, I need you. And we go to God and we ask. And maybe you've read in the Bible before. Maybe you've been taught. Maybe you've heard this whole thought of you ask and you will, you will receive. And there comes tension. Because I'm sure all of you in this room has asked God for something and you have not received. And for some of you, you're like, hey, I ask, and the Bible says, ask, and you will receive, and I'm asking, and nothing. Listen to what uh, Jesus said in, in the Gospel of John. And I'll do whatever you ask in my name, yes, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. See, there's the verse, and there's many more in the New Testament. Ask, and you will receive. Ask, and it will be given to you. Ask, and it will be granted. Ask, Ask, ask. And so we read a verse like that and we're like, see? So is the Bible true or is it not? Is God going to back up his words or not? Because obviously it says, ask and you, you will receive. There's three things I want to just kind of point out. First of all is this. Just because you ask for something doesn't mean that God thinks that it's the best thing for you. Let me frame it this way. This week, Valentine's Day, I'm one of the luckiest uh, men on the face of the earth because my wife, years ago, uh, gave me out and said, you don't have to celebrate Valentine's Day. I'm like, yes, I love you, honey. And so Valentine's Day morning, we gave our girls little Valentine's Day bags. It was awesome. So we kind of celebrated it together. 
And they opened up their little bag and they got this little heart box of five little chocolates in it. And, you know, 10 year old and six year old, first question, it's 6 30 in the morning, can we eat a chocolate? And we're like, no, it's not breakfast time yet. The next day, you know what their question was? Dad, can, can we have a chocolate? I, no, it's 6 30 a.m. You can't eat chocolate. We, we like your teachers too much to send you to school, you know, hopped up on sugar. The next day, you know what their question was? Dad, oh, no, I wanted a big sign. No chocolate before 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. Same thing happens, just on an adult scale, with our adult rationalization. Do you realize God knows what's best for you? And just because you ask him, he's always going to do what's best for you. There's three ways God answers our prayers. First one, yes. We love that, don't we? Like, I love God. He just said yes. No, don't like. But more than no, it's not yet. Because it's in the not yet that sometimes God is silent. It's in the not yet where we find ourselves wondering, hey, God, are you going to respond? Are you going to do... Hey, hey God, are you... Like sometimes God just says, hey, in this season of life, I'm going to teach you patience by making you be patient. In this season of life, I'm going to try to help you learn how to be content so it's just not yet. God knows what's best for you. He knows what's best for me. And just know, there's times where he's, just, he's pulling back going, no, I know you think you want. I know you think you need. I know you think this is best for you. But right now, no. Or right now, not yet. But the second kind of aspect to this, let's go back. Listen to what, what Jesus says. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be what? Glorified. Oh, see, that's, that's an important statement. You see, most of our prayers default to a very consumeristic approach. It's head down, Eyes on us. I need, I need, I need, I want, I want, I want, I want. And Jesus was saying, hey, don't forget, your prayers should be about glorifying God. That's where they should default to. And when they glorify God, then I will give whatever you ask for in my name. The third kind of aspect to this is sometimes we go to God and we ask him and it actually moves his hand. But more times than not, when we pray, God moves us. This is what I mean by that. There's something about articulating your thoughts, whether that's writing them out, whether it's talking out loud, 
And yes, you can pray silently, but there's something about when you start working through whatever that is that's going on inside of you, and you go to God and say, God, I'm really angry at this person, or God, I'm really confused about this, or God, I'm really hurting because of all of this. God, I'm really not sure about this. When you start articulating your thoughts and going to God, God starts working through your heart. He starts working through your spirit, and he can start moving you to where you need to be. Listen to what Jesus said in verse 12. He says, very truly I tell you. That line, very truly, is actually translated truly, truly. It's this emphatic, almost oath-like statement. Whenever you see that in the Bible, you need to lean in and pay attention to. This is extremely important. He goes, truly, truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to to the Father. You see, before we even get to the asking it will be given to you part that we want to focus in on and grab onto, Jesus is saying, whoa, 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 time out. This is about doing what I've been doing, accomplishing Jesus' works, his plans, his purpose. And so you got to know who Jesus is. And Jesus is saying, hey, I'm all about connecting people to me. That glorifies God. So if you're about that, ask and you will receive. You look at Jesus' life. He was all about the widows and the orphans and the poor. That was his will. That glorifies God. Ask and you will receive. You get into Jesus' life what his plans were, what his, his heart beats for. See, that's the framework around asking you will receive. But Jesus also goes on in Matthew. And he talks about asking for your specific needs. He says this, he goes, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks will find, and to the one who knocks, the door will be open. And there's these three action words, ask, seek, and knock. And he frames uh, these, these couple verses with this uh, illustration about food. If you're hungry, if you have a need, ask, seek, and knock. And food in our culture, for most, if not all of us, uh, there's Costco, just t- 10, 15 minutes away. You can buy a year's supply of apples, right? You, just, we, you can go on the internet and Fresh Direct will deliver to your house. Uh, food's not a need. So frame it whatever you think your need is. Not your wants, but your needs. And Jesus says, ask, seek, knock. And ask, we get that. That's the easy one. Well, what about the seek word? Well, Jesus knows that sometimes what we're asking for isn't what we really need. So Jesus is saying, hey, as you're asking, maybe seek God. As you're asking, go to God. Because maybe what you're asking for isn't what you should be asking for. What you're asking for isn't really what your need is. What you're asking for isn't part of God's will. And then knock. There's going to be these closed doors. 
and you're not sure what door is going to open and what's going to be behind that door, but knock. And if the door opens, step through because that's the door God wants you to go through. See, you might be listening to this and you're like, okay, so I should ask, but God might not give me what I want, but he might, but I don't know. Isn't that like kind of like double talk? Isn't that the nice preacher way out of this whole prayer thing? Right before Jesus was arrested, right before he was crucified, he was in the garden praying. And you know what his prayer was? God, I don't want to do this. I don't want to die. I do not want to carry the wrath of you. God, I don't want to go through it. But then he says, God, not my will, but your will be done. It's what Jesus modeled. And I find myself praying that prayer all the time. God, I think I need this. God, I think you're leading this way. God, I think this is the next step. God, I think this is where I see your hand moving. But God, not my will, but your will be done. That's why I talk about that I always want to be one small step behind God. I never want to get ahead of him. But I don't want to be so far behind him that I can't see him. So God, I'm going to stay right behind you. As best as I can. Because I want your will to be done. Not mine. Jesus also talked about praying with faith. It's another one of these asked verses. He said, if you believe then you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. And you're like, oh, there's another one. You ask, you receive. But you go back to that if you believe, if you have faith, if you understand who God is, and if you trust God with your life, and if you trust that God's plan is better than your plan, that God's purpose is better than your purpose, that God knows better for what your life should be about, for who you should become, If you're trusting God with your life, then you will receive because you'll be okay with whatever answer God gives you. You'll be okay with it because not my will, but your will be done. Jesus talks about who you should pray for. Now, it's easy to pray for people you like, correct? People that make you feel good, people that encourage you, people that you, you, you walk into a lunch or a meeting with, and you're like, I like that person. It's easy to pray for those people. But you know what Jesus said? Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Because Jesus just got, yeah, you're going to pray for people you like. I want you to pray for people you don't like. I, wanna, I want you to pray for people that have stepped over you. I want you to pray for people that have talked about you behind your back or in front of you. I want you to pray for that person that has gone against you. I want you to pray for that person that has hurt you. You know what I've I've found out as I've prayed for people that I don't like? God starts shifting my heart. It's an amazing experience. Try it. Pray for someone that you hate. Right now, there's a name in your head. Pray for that person. And watch what happens, because guess what? Hate and God can't fill the same space. Impossible. 
And when you start praying for that person by name, asking God to give you the space and the ability to extend forgiveness, bitterness starts to go away. And Jesus knew that. That's why he said, hey, pray. Pray for those people. Because again, prayer is about God moving within you. But Jesus also talked about what you should pray for yourself uh, uh, personally. He said, hey, pray for strength when you're tempted. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. What's that area in your life right now that has his claws in, in on you? What's that area in your life that's just churning up all this guilt? What's that area in your life that you're, you're desperately trying to keep a secret? What's that area in your life that you want to overcome, you want to conquer, you want to deal with? Step one, invite God into it and say, God, I can't, but you can If it was our strength, we wouldn't have New Year's resolutions. If it was our strength, we wouldn't say, oh man, I got to lose 15 pounds. I just can't stop eating and fill in the blank. If it was our strength, we wouldn't have all these AA and those types of meetings. It starts with inviting God in, saying, God, my spirit is willing, but my flesh is weak. I need your strength. Jesus also talked about how we should come before God in prayer. He tells this story, it's a parable, about two men. One was this kind of spiritual leader. The other one was a shrewd businessman. And the, the spiritual leader walks into this place to pray. And it says that he walked in and he kind of looked up at God and he said, God, man, look at me. I'm better than all these other people. At least I don't do that. At least I don't do that. At least I I don't talk like that person. At least I wasn't caught doing this. Look at me on the sin scale. I'm really good. Besides that, God, I give a tenth of all I make to you, God, and I'm fasting. I get an A. The shrewd businessman. The man who built his wealth empire around cheating people and taking from people and stepping over people and positioning his power in his community to gain wealth stood in the very back. He couldn't even look up at heaven. He says, oh God, what a sinner I am. And Jesus finishes this story and he says, Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And whoever humbles himself will be exalted. When you go to God, man, humble yourself. Realize that you're not God. And when you humble yourself, you start to trust God. And that's where you can kind of rest in the fact that if he says no to you, you're okay with that. Or if he says not yet, 
you're okay with that because you realize your place. God is God and you are not. Jesus also talks about how you should pray, what words you should pray. Listen to what he said. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. He was getting right into the culture he was speaking to. He was speaking on one side to all the Gentiles. Gentiles were basically the people who were not Jews. And he was saying to these Gentiles that worshipped at all these different pagan temples, Because these pagan temples, you would try to convince that God, whatever the name of that God was, that 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 God should pay attention to you. And so they'd come into these pagan temples just babbling on and on and rambling on and on and on, trying to get their God's attention, trying to earn their God's respect so their God might stop their busy day and pay attention to them. And Jesus said, hey, don't. Don't babble like those pagans, but yet he also hit into the Jewish culture. Because in the Talmud, there's this story about this pious Jew that prayed for nine hours. And it was kind of this badge of honor. And Jesus said, hey, read Ecclesiastes 5. It says, so let your words be few. For some of you, you've never really approached prayer because you feel like, man, I'm not sure what to say. And What if I don't use the right words, or what if I don't use big words, and maybe you've been in churches or prayer circles around people, and they're praying, and they're using all the big churchy words, and you're like, I don't even know what those words mean, and they sound so official, and I can't pray like that, and you know what Jesus says? Yeah, don't babble. Let's get to your point. Talk to God. Have a conversation with him. You don't have to worry about impressing God. You know why? He's God. Just have a conversation with him. He just wants you to talk with him in this everyday type of rhythm. And then Jesus says this. He told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. I'll let you read the story he tells. It's one of the stories that I've wrestled with all week. It'll be one of those stories that you'll read through and probably read through again. But Jesus' point was just to continuously pray. And you never know, when you're praying to God, you just might move God's hand. Might. Now in the process, guess what? God might move within you. You see, we see Jesus... Throughout the Bible, continuously praying, continuously praying, continuously praying. You know, for me personally, what I've discovered, and I'm not saying going to God and praying for hours is a bad thing, it's a great thing. We see Jesus doing that before he picked the twelve. He prayed all night long and into the morning hours. Before he was arrested, he prayed so long that his disciples fell asleep. And that's an important part of your prayer life. But you know what I find myself doing? Before I walk into a difficult meeting, I'm just praying. I'm like, God, help me to listen. God, keep my pride down. 
God, give me your wisdom. God, please help check my ego at the door and allow me to lean into you. God, I'm not sure what the decision should be, but you know. And the times I have those moments, and sometimes they're five seconds, sometimes it's five minutes in the car flying from one appointment to another, but I invite God into my daily rhythm of life. When I find myself going, God, I'm not sure what the end result should be, but you do. Help me discover that. Help me to be able to see what you see. God, I think we need to do this, but your will be done, not my will. You see, my prayer life, there's moments where I'll sit and I'll pray for a half hour or more. But the daily rhythm is continuous. I tell you, when you invite God into the rhythm of your life, watch what happens within you. Whether it's family dynamics, parenting dynamics, leadership dynamics, a difficult boss, a difficult set of leadership circumstances, whatever that might be, invite God into that rhythm and watch God move within you. We wanted it in today with just a moment to allow you to pray. For some of you, you might never have prayed before. Just talk with God. Just have this conversation with Him. For some of you, it's been years. It's been years. Re-engage with God. For some of you, you've wondered, well, what can I say to Him? What shouldn't I say? Just talk with him. Wherever you find yourself on this, in your spiritual journey, in this moment, just invite God in to the rhythm of your life and watch him move within you. There's a story in uh, the Old Testament that has to do with uh, the prophet Elijah. And Elijah just experienced uh, God's amazing move as Elijah went up against the prophets of Baal. I mean, he saw God rain down fire from heaven. It was this amazing moment. And then in all of Elijah's humanity, he runs for his life. I love the transparency and authenticity of the Bible. Because Elijah experiences God's power, and then Elijah gets scared. He runs, and he finds himself in this cave, hiding out. He says, the Lord said, Elijah, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. See, I've always pictured that uh, God wants to speak to us, but he's not going to shout and scream over the 
craziness and hecticness of our lives. God's not going to scream over you to get your attention. So when people say, well, I just don't, I don't know if I hear God, I go, well, at what point have you just quieted yourself down enough so that you can hear him whisper to you? Have you created space in your life? That could be the train. That could be a car ride. That could be when you're stuck in the tunnel. Have you created space in your life where you've quieted yourself down enough to hear God whisper to you? Because he's not going to scream over you. He can. He's probably not. So maybe this week in the rhythm of your life, Maybe you just find yourself going, okay, God, I'm going to invite you into this 10 seconds I have or this 10 minutes I have. And watch him move within you. Let's pray. Lord, like a dad to a child, you just want to have a relationship with us, you want to have a conversation. You want to listen, you want to talk, you want to guide, you want to move. You just want to be in the rhythm of our lives. So Lord, I pray today, everyone here will know the depth of your desire to have that relationship and the depth of your desire just to be part of all of our lives daily moment by moment. Because when we invite you into that rhythm, ah, you can do so much within us. In your name I pray. Amen. God bless. Have an amazing week.